Hey, family, good to be back with you again today. Uh, we made it through another week. So we're one week closer to things getting back together where we can get back together and we can have more of a normal uh, life. Although I, I wonder how things are going to you know, change and, and through all this, you know, what's going to happen uh, in our world uh, because things have changed and things are changing. We really don't always know what that's going to be. Uh, but I forgot that uh, I had a video for you here, and this is a video that uh, Dan's going to play for us right now, and uh, that's called God Sent a Cleaner. There was two nights particularly in the hospital when I honestly didn't know whether I would make it or not. I was under incredible pressure. Got trips up and, and all that they needed to do. But I remember those nights particularly, really crying out to the Lord and, and asking Him to help me. And asking Him to even supernaturally just do something that would encourage me and bring me through. And I remember the next day, I had a night from hell. <laughs> And you got to understand this in, in the isolation ward. When no one else can get in, when no one else, no pastor, no friend, no family members, when no one else was allowed in, God sent a cleaner. And all of a sudden this cleaner had come in and he was like a ray of sunshine. And he began to chat to me and he asked me how I was. And he began to talk to me and say to me about, about hanging in there. And then we got chatting and we got talking and he, and he turned around and he, and, and he said to me that he was a missionary in Nigeria for 14 years. And he began to tell me how God had saved many, many souls through his ministry. In just this last couple of years, he had found himself back home in Northern Ireland, and he's encouraged my heart. And he's telling me about souls, and about the love of Jesus, and the love of God. And I'm just sitting going, wow. When God needs to reach you, he knows exactly who is the right person. And in that moment of time, it was a cleaner. No one else could get in, God sent a cleaner. He left that day and then he says this as he stood at the door. He says, son, can I pray for you? I says, absolutely. And as he began to pray at the door, he couldn't touch me. <clears throat> as he began to pray at the door, he began to ask God the Holy Ghost to visit me. He began to ask God to heal my body and touch my lungs. He stood at that doorway and he pleaded with God Almighty to spare my life and to continue to use me. And then he left. And what was incredible was that after he left, <clears throat> he periodically would walk past my window and give me a thumbs up. That night, I remember, I started to turn around 
Could it have been the prayer of a cleaner? God sent a cleaner. Incredible. There's more to that story, too. It, it, it's kind of funny. He, uh, that night he started feeling better, and he prayed that uh, he could have a, a certain type of potato chip. <laughs> Crisps, they call them over there. And uh, sure enough, this guy comes back the next day with a bag, and it had that exact type of <laughs> a potato chip in there anyways. But you can, you can check that out uh, online. Uh, I left my thing down here again. Boy, we're getting off to a great start here today. <laughs> hey, last week we had a wonderful service and uh, Easter service. We talked about Jesus, the fact that he's risen, the resurrected Christ. And kind of want to continue on that theme today that, that the risen Christ, he's still alive. Not just on Easter Sunday, but he's still alive today and he's still working today. And, and we, we can find peace in him. Jesus you know, said to his disciples, in, in him is peace, that he had overcome the world and he, he still overcome the world today. Paul said in Romans, in, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, that is Jesus. And, and he, he came to the disciples after he was resurrected from the dead. They were locked away. They were isolated in that room. He came to them. And what did he say to them? He said, peace. He said peace to them. And, and it says they were overjoyed when he came to them, when he spoke to them, when he was with them. It was an encounter with Jesus, the risen Christ, an encounter with the Lord Jesus that, that made the difference. And you and I, you and I can have a, a, an encounter with Jesus, a, a relationship with him, a walk with him, a day-to-day -day life with him. Now today I want to uh, kind of, as I said, continue with this theme about the risen Christ. But there's so many questions that are going on. And it has to do with Jesus, of course. But this question today, is this the end? Or some people ask, is this the great tribulation that we're in? Some people ask, did God send this virus? But I think the best question we, we can ask is, what is God saying in all this? And who is he speaking to? First of all, I want to say this, that I don't believe that this is the end. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I don't believe that, that this is the great tribulation. Is this tribulation? Yes. We're in the middle. And Jesus said he promised that, that in the world you will have tribulation. And what is going on now? Yes, it's, it's very difficult and it's very, it, it, you know, it's, it's all-encompassing. But Pastor Chuck said this uh, years ago. He said there's a big difference between the tribulation that, the, that we face in this world, that even the church faces in the world, that comes from Satan, that comes from the world, and the great tribulation that the world will face after the rapture that comes from God himself. Big difference. So what is going on today? and What is this now? And I, what I really believe, and I, and I, I just sense this, and, I, and from the, the things I read in the scripture, that is a wake-up call. It's a precursor. It's, a, it's a, a, a something that's leading up to the end. I, and I look around, and I see that, you know, God has got the attention of the whole world. He really does. And, and 
the question for us is, will we listen? Is God saying something now? Yes, I believe He is, but will we listen? It's just so radical that, you know, how quickly everything has changed. The whole world is turned upside down. How quickly that could happen. This is only a matter of weeks, family, that this, that this has all come upon us. And now the whole world is in this turmoil. The whole world is, is really the, the, the brakes have been put on. Are we in the end times? Yes, we are. Is this the very end? No, I don't think so. But we're certainly coming up to that. And the, the, the times that we're in, are these end time events? I certainly believe they are. So many things that are going on behind the scenes. You can, you can, you know, read and listen to it. There's a lot of things that are that are out there now about what is going on and what is, you know, the end time events. And as we study these things, and I believe, you know, I believe the scripture teaches us that we should pay attention to the things that are going on around us. And 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 kind of as a warning, Jesus said, you know, when you see these things happening. He says, look up for your redemption is drawing near. And and so we need to pay attention to these things. I want to warn you, though, to be careful because there are a lot of voices and some of them are like way off in left field. You know, there's so many of these conspiracies, you know, well, this is happening and this is who's doing that and all this. There are a lot of things that are going on. We, We need to pay attention to them, but be careful. Make sure that the number one that we are listening, number one thing that we're listening to is God's word. Because he's the one who spelled it out for us. That's why the the word of God, the Bible contains so many sections of prophecy that, that are telling us what's going to happen in the days to come. Let that be our guide, number one. Some of the things that are happening, though, now I, I see this whole globalism, you know, the, you know something's got to you know, take place in, in the whole world. Fortunately, that is not uh, happening right now. We, in fact, we have a government, we have a president saying, no, we're not going to join with this whole global thing. But that's, that's really a system that is, is behind the scenes being set up. That's something that the Bible says will happen in the last days. What about a cashless society? You know, uh, they say that one of the dirtiest things that we have around is that cash that we have in our pockets that we pass back and forth. So we got to get rid of that. You can easily see how that could happen now. We, we don't want to touch any money. We don't want that stuff. It's spreading too many, too many germs. What about government overreach? That's a big subject. We could do a whole topic on government overreach where governments have now kind of taken control. They're kind of, they're the ones calling the shots and they're taking away freedoms from us. And I'm not trying to get you stirred up, but maybe I am, but, but trying to take, taking away freedoms from us in the name of security and safety. Now, some of these things have to be done. I get that. I totally get that. But could it also be uh, just the way that, that the governments, you know, and, and, and coming into this one, you know, one world system where these things are, are, you know, kind of precursors, like setting the stage for that. I, I, 
you know, we have our, our government stimulus package, and if you want to find out more about it, you can go to the websites called, you know, irs.gov, get my payment. So it's something that's, you know, we want, I want the money. Yeah, of course, we all want the money. But I found this statement when I went to look at it, and I was, literally, I was shocked by it, and it's, I don't know if you can read that on your screens now, but it says this. This is a, you go to the site and it says continue, and then it says this. This is for authorized users only. But then in, in, these, in the, the print here, and you, you, know, you just want to go from there right to the okay. But it says this, use of this system constitutes consent. You're giving consent to monitoring, interception, recording, reading, copying, or capturing by authorized personnel of all activities. There is no right to privacy in this system. No right to privacy in this system. That's a scary thought, you know. They, they just said, well, if you click on this and then, and then right after that they ask you for your, you know, your date of birth and your social security number and, and all these things uh, that, are, that are going uh, to be done and, and how they can watch out for you. Um, someone says there's a buzzing sound. Just want to pass that along to you guys. I don't know if my mic's too loud or what. Um, I was talking to Norman about this and, and he said that, he said this, these times are opportunities for government infringement and we cooperate willingly. And then he gave, us a, he gave me a quote from uh, Benjamin Franklin. And again, this is 250 years ago. He said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Crazy. What's going on around us now? Are we paying attention? Are we, are we checking it out? Are we in the ten, uh, you know, are we in the, the end times? Yes, we are, you know, in the things that are going on around us now. Uh, secondly, did, did God send this virus? Some people are saying that God sent this virus, a judgment on the, on the planet, that God sent it directly. Well, I don't know. I don't think anyone can really say right now. But I can certainly say this, knowing what the, the Bible teaches about our sovereign creator, is that he certainly allowed it and that he will use it. One of the scriptures that, that comes to mind is uh, in, the, in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. It says that Joseph, he was sold by his brothers. They, they did a horrible thing. They sold him. They didn't like him. They were jealous of him. And they sold him. And yet God used it. They did a horrible thing. And Joseph said these words to them uh, many years later. He said, he said this, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. He said this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is, being, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 
the saving of many lives. So they admit it for evil and, and you know, the evil, the evil in this world that God can use it. And that's why we know Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good, that God can turn things around, even things that start off as evil, even things that are horrible, God can turn it around for good. And, and even in these days, the, the reports that I'm hearing is that God is reaching this world in incredible ways that, that he wasn't before. People, people's attention are, the, you know, like, what is going on? And he can reach them like never before. What's happening in our day and age, and, and I, I hear this word over and over, and I've said it myself, is unprecedented. Uh, there's no one that has seen anything like this. But also, at the same time, the gospel is going out in unprecedented ways as well. In ways that who would ever have thought that the gospel could be going out in such incredible ways at this particular time. The, the, the third question I want to answer is, what is God saying? Or maybe... Who is God speaking to? Is he speaking to the world or is he speaking to the church? Or is he speaking to both? I think he's speaking to both. He's speaking to this whole world, but he's also speaking to the church. That's us. To the world, what is he saying? He, I, I think he's making it very clear that he is the only hope. That he is the only hope. That we, not, that, that we need to put our trust in Him. We must put our trust in Him. And, and He alone can save us. He is the only hope that we have. This planet, the systems that are here, they're, they're not going to save us. You know, we do all that we can. You know, uh, the, the medical field and the, the scientific field to develop all the, the tests and, and the, the vaccines and everything else. That, you know, we're all doing everything that we can. But ultimately, in the end, this is all way bigger than us. It's way bigger than our, our government. It's, it's way bigger than our politicians, way bigger than our doctors. And, and so we all need to pay attention. We all need to listen. We all need to reach out for God. In Acts chapter 17, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he doesn't live in temples built by hands. He doesn't, he's not dependent on buildings like we have here. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. In this next verse, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. He, he's not far from each one of us. For the whole world, uh, he's right there. He's a prayer away. He's a, a cry away. The things that are going on now, the things that he has allowed in this world to happen now, that, that men would seek him, that that we would reach out for him and we would find him because he's right there waiting. Is God speaking to the world today? Yes, I believe he is. 
Is God speaking to the church today? Yes, I believe he is. What is he saying to us? It's, a, it's really a wake-up call. What, what, is our, you know, what are our churches like? What, are our, our, you know, what is our religion like? Is there a real relationship with him? Are we trusting in our, in our buildings, in our programs, in our technology? Even now, are we trusting and looking to all this technology or, or looking to the almighty God? I want to look in Revelation chapter 1 today. I think there's some passages there that, that are apropos for where we are and, and, and in, in the time that this book was written, the book of the Revelation, uh, it was a time of intense persecution. It's the last uh, inspired book in our Bible, the, the last inspired book that was written, I should say. And it's really the final word, and it, it covers an awful lot. John the Apostle, he was exiled because of his faith. And he was isolated. You talk about being isolated. They stuck him on a small island off the coast of, of what is now modern Turkey. He was stuck out there. But the interesting thing is that he had an encounter with Jesus there. They thought, you know, we're going to... Uh, you know, put him away. We're going to get him out. They had, you know, killed all the other apostles. And a tradition says and that they had tried to kill John as well, but they were not successful because God really was, was not finished with John. And, and John was going to give us this book, this, the book of the Revelation. And, and, and so they isolated, they think we're, you know, we're going to get rid of him and, 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 we won't have to worry about him anymore. And so they isolated him. And what happens in isolation? God speaks to him. He has an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I, we're in isolation, but you and I can have an encounter with Jesus Christ. No matter how bad it is, no matter how difficult this time is. And now here we are. Almost 2,000 years later, and we have this book that God gave to us through this man who was put in isolation. Revelation chapter 1, it starts off like this. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, that is to John, to show him, to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. He says the time is near. First of all, the, the, the first words of this, you know, we, people misquote the name of this. They call it Revelations. It's, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, the revealing of Jesus Christ and who he is. And John has, again, this encounter with Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, and as we'll see in some of these verses in chapter 1. And, and, and what does he say? What does this book tell us is, is that the end is near. The time is coming. It's close. There are so many other verses in the, in the Old and New Testament that talk about the return and, and the end and the time. We have the book of Daniel, of course, the book of, 
Uh, Ezekiel has passages, so many, so many other prophetic passages in the Old Testament. And then we have so many passages in the New Testament. Jesus himself talked about it. He says the end is near and it's imminent. It's near. It's close. It, it was true then when, when John heard these words and it's true now, today as well. We'll talk about, we'll say that's been 1900 plus years. Yeah, but we'll talk about why that's been taking so long. But there are some scriptures I want to put up on the screen for you that, that talk about this, that, that deal with this. First one is in Romans chapter 13, verse 12. It says this, the night is nearly over. Paul the Apostle writing these words. He says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. If we really believe that the time is close, that, that, that the, the time is near, that the night is nearly over, he says, let's put aside the deeds of darkness. Let it, let it affect how we're living now. Put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's put on the armor of light, the the, the, the armor of God that he has for you and I. There's some things that he, he, he wants to do, speaking to the church, what he wants us to do if the time is really near. Another verse found in Hebrews chapter 10. He gives us four things that we should do. At the end of, the, of those verses in verse 25, it says this, that the day is approaching as you see the day approaching. Do these things. Number one, he says in verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promises faithful, hold on to the hope that you have. Is the end near? Yes, it is. So we need to hold on to that hope even more stronger than ever. Why do we do that? Because he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. We sang that. Remember, remember, he promised. He is faithful. He fulfills all of his promises to you and to me. The second thing he says there, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How can we encourage one another? How can we spur one another on like a spur on a horse? How can we get one another going? One of the things in this time, we need to reach out to each other. We really do. You know, I, I'm trying to make phone calls and trying to reach out to different people, and, you know, they're, they're always so appreciative of it. I encourage you to, to not, you know, well, if someone would call me, I'm just waiting for someone to call me. Let's not sit around waiting for someone to call us. Let's call them. Let's send a text. Let's Use the technology that we have. Let's, use, let's send an email. Let's do a FaceTime video. Let's do something. Let's spur one another on. Consider, how can, we, how can we encourage one another towards love and good deeds? To tell someone that you love them. Maybe a family member, maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend. Maybe someone in this church. Maybe you've been thinking, you know, I sure miss seeing so-and-so's face. Well, well, if you don't have their phone number, you know, look for it. Call someone who might have it. Reach out. 
The next thing I think is kind of interesting because it says this, the third thing there, verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. (laughs) That's a little difficult to do right now. But can we meet together in other ways? Yeah, we can. We're trying, to, we're trying to create opportunities so we can meet together and look at each faces, and that's why we're doing this Zoom thing on Wednesday night. It's not like a, a long, drawn-out Bible study kind of thing. It's more like, hey, hey, show your face. We want to see your face. It's like a meet and greet kind of thing. So I encourage you to, to jump in and join us for five minutes. You don't have to stick around for 40 minutes. It only lasts 40 minutes. That's the, the limit that we have. But I'd love to see your face. I really would. You get to see mine, but I don't get to see yours. Made me think, though, too, uh, this idea, you know, that some are in the habit of not meeting together. Makes me wonder about, you know, when church, when, when church starts to meet again together, Will this be something that we have to think about? Because people say, you know what? It's kind of cool to sit in, 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 in my couch and, you know, I got my coffee and I got my, you know, donuts and I got everything here I want. I can just watch church online. We're doing it now, but you know what? Don't give up meeting together when we can meet together in person. Sad to say, I think it's, it's been something that I've seen over the last 10 years where people, they, you know, it's like a low priority. Well, you know, I'm just going to stay home today. You know, uh, you know, I'm a little tired today. Uh, you know, uh, I need to go and mow the lawn today. I need, and so, you know, people, they, they, did, they don't have this commitment to fellowship like, like we used to have, you know, where whenever the door was open, you know, I'd be there and, and be fellowship. I want to I wanna be there. And we, we, you know, we, Sundays is a time to get together and, and, and fellowship and break open the word of God and, and pray together and worship the Lord together. You know, it's got to be something we make a decision for. I can say that now because you're not all sitting here in front of me, but, you know, and it's not just to get you here to see me, but it's, it's to get us together. He says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not that, let's not, you know, take it for granted. I think perhaps we did. Now that, you know, this has happened, I think we'd say, wow, we were maybe taking it for granted that we could get together like we were able to do every Sunday. Let's not do that. And the last thing in that verse, he says, let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We as believers, we need to encourage one another. We've got to encourage one another. These are are very difficult times. We need to encourage one another. Another verse I found, and, and this is from Peter now. He says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. He says the end of all things is near. So what do we need to do? We need to pray and we need to love each other. 
We need to pray. Later on in in 2 Peter, he writes another letter and he talks about this, the question that I mentioned a few minutes ago. They will say, where is this coming that he promised? People are saying it now. Well, yeah, he promised so long ago that he would come back. Where is it? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning, beginning of creation. Well, I kind of... You know, think about people can't really say that right now. Everything's just going on the way it has because things are really shaken up now. I think if there's something like what's happened now, again, encompassing the whole world, well, you know, things are, something's going on here. You can't just set that up. But it has taken a long time, hasn't it? 1900 years. Later in that chapter, Peter says this, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. With the Lord, it's just like a couple of days. You know, it's, you know 2,000 years is a couple of days. It's, it's long to us. But look what it says in verse 9. The Lord is not slow. In keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. There's a purpose in it. Why is it taking so long? He has a purpose. He wants to reach people like you and like me. He wants us to come to repentance. He doesn't want us to perish. That's his purpose. God is speaking to the world God is speaking to the church. The second to the last verse in the book of Revelation is this. John says these words, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Those are the words of Jesus. Yes, I am coming soon. That's a, an attitude that you and I have to think that it could be at any moment. The rapture could happen at any moment. We need to be prepared. We need to be living right before him. And John says, amen, come, Lord Jesus. We're waiting for you. We're looking for you. You know, I have so much more to say. We're going to have to pick this up next week. It reminds me of the the puppet show that I saw last week and it says, do be continued. We're going to have to continue this next week because there's so much more to say. What, what God is saying to the church is what God is saying to you and to I and, and more of the revelation of Jesus here in Revelation chapter 1. But I want to say to you today this, these words that, that we don't need to panic it's not a time for panic. It's not a time for worry. It's not a time for fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear and that Jesus has overcome. The resurrected Savior Jesus, he is alive today. And yes, he is coming. And he's coming for us, this church. And he will return also to this planet as well at some future point. But the things that he has spoken to us and the hope that we have in him, you can read it and I encourage you to go read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
But at the end of that section, section with, with all the, the things that he says that, that he will, he will uh, take us, it says, we who are alive, we are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We have that to look forward to. But he ends with these words. He says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. The, the return of Jesus for us is something we encourage each other with. These last time events, it's not something to be scared about. It's something to be encouraged about that, that he has a plan and a purpose. And, 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 and we can trust him because he's faithful. Look up. Look up, your redemption draws near, that's what he said. Look up. Put our eyes upon him, the great and awesome Savior. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, your word is living and active and powerful. And Lord, what's going on in the world? Is this the very end? Are these the last days? We have so many questions, Lord, but, but I know that you have all the answers. And, and as we have a, an encounter with you, as we pray, as we seek your face, as we look to you, you will answer. You will hear our cry. You will hear our prayer. As we open your word, Lord, as we spend time, and you're calling us to spend time in the scripture. You'll give us the answers that we need. You'll give us the peace that we, we need so desperately. You'll, you'll give us the hope, the blessed hope. We're just that much closer now to your return. The hope that we have. We hold on tenaciously, strongly to that hope today. Father, I pray for people today who may be listening, who do not know you. They've never had an encounter with Jesus. Maybe that's you. You're watching now. Maybe you know someone. You can share this truth with someone else. But if it's you right now listening, you can, can meet the risen Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to be your Savior today, right here, right now very simple. You can simply pray. You can say these words with me. You can say, Jesus, I am so lost. I'm so hurting and I need help and I need hope. So I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me. Save me that I might be yours and that I might go to heaven and have eternal life. Father, I pray for the church, for us, that you would purify us. Father, perhaps we've wandered, perhaps we're not as on fire as we used to be. I pray you'd revive us, Lord, even through these trials, even through the things you, you've taken away from us, that you would revive our hearts and bring us close to you, Lord. We can't do that. We, we're, we're desperate for you to do that, Lord, as we encounter you, Jesus, the risen Lord and Savior. Change us, Lord, we pray. 
work in our hearts, Lord, we pray, even through these very difficult, challenging times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together.